What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Great, what a wonderful time this is of the year. It's just uh, the celebration of, of Hanukkah coinciding with Christmas is just so wonderful. It's just wonderful, and we've been singing about him as the light of the world, and that's marvelous. Let's, let's first look to him as the light for our souls. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, not keeping the light all to yourself, but to sending the light to us in the person of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate him tonight, Lord. Help us as we look into your scriptures to know more of him so that we can be like those wise men that have come to worship the King of the Jews. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, if you like to turn in your Bibles to John, John, John in particular, of all the, the Gospels in the Bible, of the four Gospels, John is the one that really portrays the Lord as the light. It starts off and it speaks about that, that in the beginning was the Lord Jesus Christ, whose name is also the Word. The Word was with God. It tells that he, is, he was God. He is God. And then it says that all things were made by him. And that is the themes of the Creation Museum. When you go through the Creation Museum, it is an amazing museum. And what's wonderful about the museum is that it shows creation, but it shows the creator, and not just a someone away beyond the blue, but the person that God is crystallized in, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it shows that all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then it goes and transitions in this chapter, first chapter of John, to speak about him not only as the creator, but then as the light. In verse four, in him was light, and the life was the light of men. So we've come now to the last day of Hanukkah, eighth day of Hanukkah. This is the day of the last day of the celebration of light. And last Sunday, you remember, is the first day of Hanukkah and where we told the history of Hanukkah, what actually happened, how it was really centered very much around one family, a very brave family called the Maccabees with one particular son called Judas, Judas Maccabee. And what he did and they did is they spearheaded the rebellion against the Greeks, 
who had the domination over Israel. They oppressed Israel. They defiled the temple. They forced the sacrifices of pigs on the altar there to defile it. And we saw why the eight candles of Hanukkah are lit. One new for every one of the eight days of Hanukkah, just to remember how, what happened at that time in, that, in the temple when the menorah was to be lit and kept lit all the time. And when they went back into the temple, and try to put yourself there, try to put yourself in that time, when they went back into the temple and they looked around and searched around for oil, oil that had been produced and sanctified, which was an eight-day process, and they found a little cruise of oil. And they knew that that was only enough oil to keep this candelabra lit for one day, just one day. And so what happened is that they immediately started to manufacture the new oil, but that's going to take eight days. And they took the little cruise and they said to themselves, you know, we're going to have this small amount of, of oil here and it's going to burn the light, but it's only going to burn the light for one day. And that's all they expected was that it was just going to last for one day. And then, then they, they thought, okay, it's going to burn out after one day. So just imagine that. Here is this light, and it's burning for one day. And they're watching it, and they're expecting that, well, when it gets toward the evening, it's going to get smaller and smaller. It's going to flicker and flicker, and finally it's going to burn out, right? But it didn't. And, and to their amazement, it continued to burn for the second day. And they figured, okay, well, after the second day, for sure, it's going to burn out. I mean, it's only one day's worth of oil. What could be beef? Maybe we got our calculation wrong. And so, but, but they watched it. And after the second day, it didn't burn out. And so it went forward and they saw it continue for the third day. And they're just at this point, they're amazed. How is this possible? And then they saw it continue on for the fourth day. The oil that should have been only good for this one day is now burning for four days. And they're just, they don't know what's going on. And as they watched through the fourth day, and then they came and they, and they saw that the oil continued on for the fifth day. And now they're just like spectators say, well, we don't know what's going to happen. And then it went on for the next day, for the sixth day there. And then it went on for the seventh day. And now at the seventh day, the excitement's getting more and more because the manufacturing of the oil and sanctification of the oil, it's progressing along. And they're thinking, maybe, just maybe, there's going to be, this oil is going to miraculously last until the new oil comes. And sure enough, it went all the way to the eighth day. And in the eighth day, they saw that it's going now for the eighth day. And it all, it lasted until the whole eight days when the new oil could be put in. That was a big miracle that happened there. Neskadol Hayashem. That was a big miracle that happened there. That's glory to God. Can we give God a hand for that? That's wonderful. That's what happened at Hanukkah. That's why every day a new candle is lit, or in more modern times, you don't have to do the candle here, you have the electronic one, which of course we can't figure out how to operate this one. But oh yeah, it's got there, so you push the button, and then of course it needs batteries, so that's always the problem. Anyway, that's the one I use, by the way. <laughs> All right, so, so this is what happened, and this is the significance of Hanukkah, and it's a wonderful thing. It goes on for the eight days, and it's all about this big miracle that happened there, and you're going to play the dreidel game there, and it's going to have the first letters of this phrase, a big miracle happened there. A miracle, Ness, a big one, gadol, happened, hayah. Sham over there. So you'll get that there, and then you'll spin the dreidel, and that's how, that's how the Jewish people got corrupted with the disease of gambling and things like that. But anyway, actually, okay, that, never mind that. So, all right, so, but, but the truth of the matter is, 
is that a light, this, this celebration of light, it cannot be understood if it's just looking at physical light. If it's just photons, if it's just what happened there in terms of the oil lasting for eight days, it's so, so little compared to the real significant meaning of Hanukkah, just like with the Creation Museum. It's so, so little if all we do is look at creation and say, wow, 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 and don't see beyond the creation to the creator, and don't see beyond the celebration of Hanukkah to the person who is the light. And that's why this verse is so important, and that's why it's here on the menorah. Because it's the central theme of Hanukkah. It's the central theme of light. Because there, this wonderful person, the Lord Jesus Christ, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In another verse, he said in John 12, 46, John 12, 46, he said, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now the King James says, I am come a light into the world, but in the Greek there is no a there in what, his, what was said. He, he didn't say, I am come a light into the world. He said, I am come light into the world. I never would have put that a there if I was asked to be on the translation staff for the King James, but I wasn't, so what can I do? But, but light, the point is, when he said, I am come light into the world, it's the personification of light. And that's what the issue is here. All is that on the last day of Hanukkah today, as we celebrate light, we're looking at a person. We're looking at a person who is the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to ask a few questions about what does that mean when we say he is the light of the world? When he said, I am the light of the world, what does that mean? Well, Every one of us has had the experience of going outside and being afraid of what you can't see. I mean, the other night I had to go out for, for something, and my house, there's all kinds of dangers. And, and for example, one night about two years ago, I walked outside in the dark, and by my front door there was a liquid amber tree. Anybody know what a liquid amber tree is? A few of us, okay. It, liquid amber trees should have a, a, a label on them, a big label that said hazardous because this is a very dangerous tree because of the seed pods. And if you know, have one, you know I'm talking about. The seed pods that it drops on the ground, they are hard brown balls that are covered in sharp, spiky thorns. They should have put them in the bays to mine harbors. You know, the, the, these trees, they're very, very dangerous. And those, those thorns can do a, some serious damage when you, if you get stuck by them because what happens is those, those little spiky thorns disintegrate into splinters. And so the seed pods are covered with them. Well, about that night, I was walking outside, of course, in my socks, and I didn't see what it was, and I stepped right on it. And I thought, okay, that's nothing. I pulled it out, but it didn't come out, and all these splinters came out. So about 10.30 at night, I had to fly out of town the next morning. I called my friend. He came over. I gave him a hypodermic needle, magnifying glass, and a light, and I said, dig away. And so he dug away, and all the way, he's, all the time he's looking at this magnifying glass, and he's saying, oh, no. And it was disintegrated into many splinters, which made me feel real good. And finally, he said, okay, that's good enough. You know, and it, and it got swollen a couple weeks. I had to go to the doctor, more digging. Just last week, two years later, I'm having trouble walking. Anyway, that's the point is that I wouldn't have walked into that if I had light that enabled me to see it. And now another big fear I have outside is these big spiders. 
You know, they'd appear and they'd build these huge webs, you know, and without any light, you can walk right into it. It's like a nightmare, and you end up with a spider on your nose or something. That, and, and so, am I the only one here that fears these spiders? You know, oh, man, okay. So, so these are the physical dangers of the, the spiky liquid amber seed pods, the spiders. You don't see them without the light. In the same way, there are spiritual dangers all around us, and without light, we can't see them. We can't see them. So we get light from the B-I-B-L-E. The Bible gives us light. And so it says, it says in Psalm 119, 130, Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It says that just the coming in of the words gives us light. That verse tells us why it's so important to read the Bible every day. Because the Bible is light. It's just as important to read the Bible as it is to have a flashlight on a pitch dark night when you're going out and you so you can see the spiders and liquid amber seed pods. That's why it's important. Uh, just, just this last week, just this last Friday, I spoke to a person who told me she gave up reading the Bible because she didn't understand what she was reading. Well, there's a lot in the Bible I don't understand what I'm reading. But I read the Bible and you read the Bible to find out not what we don't understand, but to find out what we do understand. Because this verse tells us that it's this process, the entrance of thy word giveth light. It's this process of taking the words of God in that gives us light. Reading the Bible is like a flashlight in the hand in a dark night. Now, this is the first thing that we see about the, the light here is that it makes objects clearer for what they are. And this is told to us in Ephesians 5.13. Ephesians 5.13 says, all things are made manifest by the light, by the light. So when you read the Bible and you let the Bible come into you, light comes in. That's what happens. And also, when you read the Bible, it's just like when you sit down in your house and you read the Bible, it's almost like you can hear as you're approaching the Bible, you hear the Bible, it's knocking at your door. Just like the Lord said that he knocks at the door of our hearts in Revelation 3.20. Revelation 3.20, the Lord says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. What a visual that is of the Lord knocking on the door of our heart and not just knocking, he's calling, hear my voice. Behold, I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice. He, he's knocking at the door, he's knocking at the door and then we hear the sounds. He, he's calling us, John, it's me, John, it's me, it's the Lord. Are you there, John? Open the door, open the door, let me in. That's how we should see the Bible. That's how we should see the Bible, is the Lord knocking at the door of our hearts and calling out our names and wanting us to, to open, as just as we've been singing here, when meek souls will receive him still, the dear Lord enters in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. My voice, my voice. There's something that happens when the Bible is, is seen Something that happens when light is seen as the Lord Jesus Christ, there's something that happens when the Bible is seen as the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It transforms. The Bible transforms, and this is the life that really wins. When the Bible is seen, it's not just a book to be read, not just a, something we should know, but it's actually, we read this book, and all of a sudden we realize, hey, that was just the advice I needed for this day. Hey, that was the counsel I was looking for. Hey, that's direction that I was looking for. That's not coincidence. That's not by accident. That's because the light, the Lord Jesus Christ, is speaking through the words to our hearts. It's very personal in that sense. Now, the Lord said that there would be false prophets in Israel's day in the Old Testament, 
And he said that Israel could understand if a person was a false prophet as to whether or not what they said lined up with the word of God, with what God has said in the past. In Isaiah 8.20, Isaiah 8.20, he said, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them no light in them. If they don't speak in alignment with the word of God, the problem is there's no light in them. Jehovah Jesus is not in them, and he's not, they're not speaking according to the word of God, no light. That's the problem. But the Lord told us, he said, you, I am the light of the world, and then he said, you are the light of the world. So he wants to come in and to shine out from us, and that's a wonderful thing. Now, what we see here is that one name for the Lord is also the Word of God. As we were looking here in John 1, he said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and then later on it says the Word was made flesh. So he's the Word of God. And in Revelation, in Revelation 19, Revelation 19 and verse 13, it says his name is called the Word of God. So he is the Word of God. But the Bible is like a light to us. It's the word of God is a, is a light, and we have this verse in Psalm 119, 105, 119, 105, where it says, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Now, when you think about it, it's a lamp to the feet. Well, what good is a lamp to the feet if the feet aren't moving? The feet are just standing there. It's only when the feet are moving, when they're walking, that the value of the light is there. And so it's, in other words, it's for direction. It's for discernment in life. But the Bible is not only a lamp to the feet, but it's a light to the path. So in other words, it's good to think about the Bible as a lantern, like a Coleman lantern and a mag light. The Coleman lantern, it lets you see what's right in front of your feet, and the mag light shows you the far-off direction. Just the, other, just the other day, I saw something that looked like a piece of dust on the floor. So I, I went to go pick it up, and I guess they've got a picture of it, what it was. There it is, see? That was the piece of dust I was picking up. And, and so I said, oh, that doesn't look like dust to me. And, and so there he is, a scorpion. Now, fortunately, this scorpion was all dried up, so I was kind of happy for that. But, and I dropped it, and, and at one point, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, at one point, I bet he was alive at some point. And then the other thing I was thinking is that he might have friends. Yeah, friends, and they're still alive. And so it emphasized to me, don't go reaching down and picking up things, you know, have a light. Have a light and show it. And that's the value of the word of God. The word of God is like a light to us that'll show us things like these before we go down there like I did. You know, and then it says, the word of God is like a light to our path where we can see far beyond. You know, I, I like sailing and um, Sometimes I would just kind of get involved with sailing and, and not really care where I was going, and then I'd get lost. You know, I'd get way out in the middle of nowhere someplace. And so I learned that very early is that you can't do that. And so what you have to do when you sail is that you have to pick a point on land. Whenever I go sailing people, and I say, okay, this is what you do. Take a point on land and sail to that point, or you have a compass, sail to the compass. Because you, you're going to get knocked around. There's going to be the currents that are coming. There's going to be the, the wind, the different winds, especially out in San Diego Bay where you have those hills that are making the winds go crazy. You're going to be blown about. And so you have to constantly go through course corrections so you pick a point that you're sailing to. That's what the Bible gives us. It gives us the, the light to our path. And so that's that's important. Now, 
There's a special emphasis in the Bible on something which is called in Isaiah 9-2. You remember, we're gonna be coming up on Christmas here. Isaiah 9-6 is gonna say, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Really, Isaiah 9-6 is the answer to a problem of Isaiah 9-2. Isaiah 9-2. Isaiah 9-2 is the problem. Isaiah 9-6 is the solution. Isaiah 9-2 says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. So the place where the light is seen is called the land of the shadow of death. And people who saw the Lord Jesus Christ saw in him a great light. But those people were said to be walking in darkness And this was the people that are described in the area of Nazareth where he grew up, where it says in Matthew 4.13, Matthew 4.13, leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. And then from that point, it says, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So they were either walking in darkness or they were sitting in darkness. And this is the setting of the people in the land of Galilee, the northern part of Israel, when the Lord Jesus began his ministry. They were walking or sitting in darkness. And that is the description of lost man today. Their lives are either walking in darkness where they are filled with busy, 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 working, 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 or their lives are in a state of depression where they've just just given up. And that's a description of walking in darkness or sitting in darkness in the land of shadow of death. And that describes, that's the description that Job especially was talking about as he was enduring all the suffering that he was going on. And he said in Job 10.21, Job 10.21, before I go, whence I shall not return, even to the land of darkness and the shadow of death. And then he, went, he, he also said in the next verse, Job 10.22, Job 10.22, a land of darkness as darkness itself and the shadow of death without any order and where the light is as darkness. Now, we all know this most famous psalm, Psalm 23, where it says on the fourth verse, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. This is what Christian was talking about, Emmanuel. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So what is this shadow of death? What's that's referred to that Job talked about, that King David talked about. What is this, both in this life and after this life, in the place that no one, God wants no one to end up in, in hell after death? Well, a shadow comes in between a person and the source of light. God is light. This is the message in 1 John 1.5, 1 John 1.5. This is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. More specifically, God being the Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world. So the Lord Jesus Christ is light and man is not born in the light at all. Man does not, does not live in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and that's why Man is in the darkness because there's something that's blocking the light. 
He is there, man is here, and there's something that's looming, that's blocking the light, and the problem is, what that is, is death. It's in and death. Death blocks out God. Death stands in between man and God. And when death blocks out God, it becomes the shadow of death. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.